The Man in Line, brought to you by NetZeroMatrix.com, the Isle of Man's main Net Zero progress website. Fastamai, good afternoon. Just after midday on Friday, the 27th of January, this is Manx Radio's Man in Line. Beth looking after things for the final time today. Andy will be back on Monday. So what would you like to talk about in the next hour? A clampdown on parking violations at Nobles Hospital? What do you think? We've talked a lot about disabled access this week. Now there's a call for there to be more information on disabled badges to maybe clamp down on people abusing those. And in the UK, statins could be prescribed to more people would you like to see the same happen over here 66 13 68 is the number to call chris quirk is ready and waiting to talk to you you can also text wonderful six wonderful seven or email studio at manxradio.com and i'm delighted to say we can go straight to the lines uh, line one we have cherry good afternoon cherry hello um i think you met my daughter drew how i did oh, yes well she got a parking ticket as she was going to her car because, as you know, she couldn't walk very well. And he said, you should have run. And he watched her coming up the road. And she was five minutes over the time. And he said, you should have run. And he gave her a parking ticket in her hand. That now, must... to me, I think that's disgusting. Well, absolutely. As you say, Cherry, she was very obviously struggling to walk. Was that something that... Um she just accepted did she contest it at all well actually what had happened she'd fallen just before that's why she was late getting to her car and somebody helped her up and took her to a car and they saw this man give her the ticket and uh, she said i'm sorry she said but i fell a bit down the road so i'm a bit late he said well that's your fault he said you need to run and be quicker anyhow Knowing Drew, who's a very humble person, was going to pay the fine. And this person, I don't know who it was who helped her to her feet, said, you're not, Um, you need to contest it, and I will write you a letter. Anyhow, she went and paid the fine because she didn't want any hassle. And a few days later, she got the money back because the person who had picked her up, I don't know who it was, I've no idea. I'd phoned them up and told them what had happened. And on another occasion last year, I know somebody in my family who's in her 30s who has got a disabled badge and she was getting out of her car. She's got an, a disability that you can't see, but she has problems walking. And the traffic warden was walking past and he came up to her, looked at her and said, who have you borrowed that off? Now, to me, I think this is disgusting. Absolutely. I mean, if that is happening, it, it needs to be reported. I should say we have heard uh, from people who say if they have contested a ticket that actually they found that process to be very helpful and straightforward. But, but it was sad to think that it was only a few months after that Drew had raised all that money for disabled people in Romania and her own life was taken on a road. And for a traffic warden to tell her she should have run, she couldn't run. It was impossible for her to run. I don't know who the man was. I'm just glad I wasn't in town with her at the time. Cherry, thank you so, so much for getting in touch. Not an easy story to account for us, but really appreciate it. Thank you. But I think it 
is happening more and more. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Cherry. Take care. Uh, That was Cherry there talking about uh, traffic wardens. Let's go to line two and join Kevin. Good afternoon, Kevin. Hello, Beth. You all right? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, but just a quick one. If they're going to um, make the entirety of the uh, Nobles Hospital site a public highway, round the back where I do the deliveries to stores, there's a lot of um, staff um, parking around the back there, and there's a lot of yellow lines, and there's a lot of staff members that actually park on those yellow lines. Does that mean that all the staff members are going to get tickets now? It's an interesting question, actually, and one we'll raise about staff car parking because that is going to be an issue. Um, I suppose the thing is, we keep hearing anecdotally that people are parking in disabled spaces, for example, at the hospital when they shouldn't be. I suppose clamping down on that has only got to be a good thing, hopefully. Well, yeah, why can't they put in a, like a pass system for, the, for, um, for members of staff and then maybe put a, well, if they want to control... Um, the the parking in uh, in the, the hospital. Why don't they put like a, a pay and display thing there? You know, even if it's like a charitable thing, you know. Good suggestion, Kevin. I think oh, some other people. Oh, have- oh. Other people have suggested that if you have an appointment at the hospital, perhaps there could be something that you get with your letter, which you can display to show that you actually have need to be there. Yeah, because I know how the DOI love barriers and whatnot. So why don't they have a ticket system where if you have an appointment, you have your ticket and there's like a barcode on the bottom. Scan your barcode and it says that you've got an appointment at such and such time and it lets you in for the duration of that your appointment or, you know, say a couple of hours to get sorted. Good suggestion, Kevin. All right. All right. Thank you so much for phoning. Take care. Speak to you soon. Uh, That was Kevin there just talking about the changes to Nobles Hospital parking. Uh, Manx Care say some people have been frequently leaving their cars in areas they shouldn't in the car park there, causing hazards and safety issues. So officers from the Department of Infrastructure have been policing the area and issuing parking violation fixed penalty tickets. We have had a message from Colin Whiteway from Braddon commissioners to say, I'm sure someone will question this, the relevant parking order in this news item is Nobles Hospital Braddon off-street parking order 2019. They say it's not a Braddon commissioner's order, but one written by the DOI. Uh, Back to the lines now, and we can join Anne. Good afternoon, Anne. Oh, good afternoon, Beth. I've just received some information, uh, leaflets through the letterbox. Some lady dropped them off, and I'm absolutely shocked at what I've received. It's got a picture of Peel Castle on the front and somewhere down the sound. It's talking about fishing and farming. There's no reference points anywhere on the test. I'll just read you some, and I must warn your listeners, this is very graphic. Okay, maybe maybe just temper it slightly then, Anne, but um, yes, go on. Our meat is clean. Not all pigs, chickens and turkeys are fully conscious and screaming when we drop them into a tank of boiling water. This is your meat. And it and that is quite mild to the rest of the graphic stuff. And I object to somebody putting this through my letterbox. And it's just showing pictures of young farm animals and the graphic way that they're suggesting that they're being slaughtered. And it's absolutely disgraceful. Unless... And it's got pictures of the Isle of Man, but there's no reference. It says if you want more information, you can go on to YouTube.com, watch. Now, it's been professionally um, produced, and I presume that they go- I live in 
ballot bag and this lady's got a big bag full and she's going around putting them through your letterbox and it says just you find everything on facebook um education food sources but no reference to the isle of man and yet it's got pictures of locations of the isle of man and the text is absolutely graphic it's quite scary and i think it's wrong that people are allowed to do that i'm glad i'm not vegetarian because i think i would throw up and be sick Oh, Anne, I'm really sorry to hear how upset you are by by this. And it is something I think we have heard about before. And it would be interesting to find out where these leaflets are coming from. Um, but yeah, so if you've had one and maybe had one delivered through your letterbox and you've had a chance to speak to the person delivering them, that would be interesting to hear about. But um, Anne, thank you very much for getting in touch with us. Right, thank you. Take care, Anne. Thank you. Thank you. Um, that is Anne talking about a, a leaflet there, which is obviously quite graphic and distressing. Uh, line one now. Good afternoon, Wilf. Hiya, hiya. Um, it's, uh, uh, this is just a, a short one. It's, uh, it's now gone public that Ramsey's North Beach has been passed for clean bathing water. Yes. It's all official, supposed to be. Uh, but I'll not be putting my name to that. Now, the town sewer empties 24 hours a day there. So when the tide is coming in, it runs south, bringing the sewer water onto the beach. Now, if Defa thinks this is clean, I will be asking them to prove it by publicly swimming in the sewer slick. I want a notice putting up, pointing out where the sewer empties and to keep clear of it. Surely that's not too much to ask as a concerned Ramsey commissioner. Well, we should, say, we should say, Wilf, that the beach has been tested for two seasons uh, before it was granted this bathing status. It now has a ranking of good. And to get the status, the beach has to regularly meet monthly water testing targets, which are set by the Department of Environment, Food and Agriculture. And water from the island's beaches are tested against European Union bathing water standards. So that's the Beth, official Beth, standpoint. Please. You're getting it all wrong. I said that I specifically wanted to be there when they tested the water. They never come near me. They never asked nothing. They went and tested where they thought it should be tested. They never tested the sewer slick. And I watch that every day coming into the beach. All I want is people to be warned. They can go, it's all right, the rest of the water fine, but they must not go near that slick. OK, well, and have you been in touch with uh, DEFA since we've heard this news? Not, not since it's been made public, but they're supposed to be coming next month to the commissioner's meeting to tell us all about it. But I think I'll be telling them. All right, Wilf. Thank you very much indeed. Appreciate you calling. OK. Right, that was Wilf there talking uh, about bathing water. Uh, anything else on your mind this lunchtime? 66 13 68 is the number to call. It'd be great to talk to you on air. You can also text 166177 or email studio at manxradio.com. The Man in Line, brought to you by NetZeroMatrix.com, your one-stop shop for advice on renewable energy solutions and other green initiatives. It is 20 past 12. Lovely to have your company on The Man in Line this afternoon. Let's go back to the lines now and join Julian on line one. Good afternoon, Julian. Hi, Beth. Uh, I think you've had a good week. I think you've done an absolutely brilliant job. Oh, that's very kind. Thank you. 
Have you had a good time? Do you know, it's been really good. And, you know, it makes all the difference on a day like this. when We've got lots of callers as well, which is really lovely. What it's all about. Yeah, exactly. Um, I was just thinking about the Westmoreland Road and the Westmoreland Village thing. I'm just look, just thinking about Domain Road and then you've got Grosvenor Road and then you've got the Kensington Road. And I'm guessing that you could have somewhere around 200 public parking spaces in that area, which, looking at the plans, aren't going to be around anymore. And Cherry was on earlier talking about, you know, the difficulties of parking. I wonder where those 200 public cars are going to go if they can't park around there or visit or anything Um, because you know if it's anything like some of the other jurisdictions that are going down this 15 minute thing um, parking is the last thing on their mind and it uh, tends to be sort of a narrow sort of run for a public transport I would have thought Um, and it's also a shame personally I love those Victorian townhouses on the left as you go down the main road it seems a shame to knock them down you'd think that uh, because they look in reasonable shape anyway, but, I mean, even if they needed renovating, I don't know, but um, it seems a shame to lose our history on that road because um, they're quite quite attractive, those. It's interesting, isn't it, Julian? I suppose it's that balance between preserving our heritage, as as you say, but also looking to the future and, and where that balance lies is a can be a contentious one. Yeah, speaking of which, um, remember I, a couple of days ago I spoke about the new Arup report which was called C40, yes. The Future of Urban Consumption. Um, and when you scroll down to about page 38, you get to section 6.4, and you see what sort of future plans that they've got, which effectively their ambitious targets are 84 months away. And um, we're talking about, their, I mean, this is a serious Arab report, and they're talking about zero private vehicle ownership of any kind. I assume that includes electric cars. And then I think I mentioned to you no meat, but crickets will be okay. No dairy. You'll be allowed one short-haul flight in three years. So you'll have to wait three years for your flight if you want to go anywhere. Um, and you'll only get three new items of clothing, which I'd imagine be devastating, for, especially for the... For the ladies amongst us. Um, Not just ladies that like clothing, I imagine. Well, yes, three new items a year. That's going to be a difficult one. And this is a, this is on this serious report. I mean, it's like, OK. Um, but I'm just wondering where future generations are going to go and what they, where they're going to live. And there's a bit of a detail on that one. I did allude to it earlier. Um, there's an easy way to search online for it. If anyone looks for globalist launch five-minute cities... Um, you'll come up with, uh, Maya Artusi's done a, a little video which shows a, a, a presentation uh, last, uh, actually it was this week at Davos by the World Economic Forum. And they were introducing their project, which they're calling The Line. And it's a pretty vast construction thing. Um, the first module of which they reckon will they'll be completing in five years, in 2027. And they're just going to continue this thing until 2045. And it sort of resembles a glass-sided Great Wall of China, you might say. Uh, It's going to be 105 miles long, which is about three times the length of the Isle of Man. Um, It's going to be about 650 feet wide, and it's going to be about 1,640 feet high, the walls on either side. So that's, I don't know, it's a bit up Snaefell, isn't it, from sea level? Um, And each of those integrated modules are going to be about 2,500 feet long, which is, if you imagine, about two-thirds of Ronaldsway Airport's main runway. But they're aiming to put 80,000 people in each of those modules. 
which oh. kind of reminds me of battery hens. But anyway, um, they're also saying that everything that they think that you'll need will be within five minutes of you. Um, and that 105-mile-long construction, when it's done, is supposedly going to hold 9 million people, but in 2% of London's area. So they're saying this is a good idea, but that will be 46 times the current population density of London crammed in there. All right, Julian, thank you very much indeed. Painting a, a picture for us there. That report, as you say, can be found uh, online. Appreciate you calling. Let's go to line two and join Sean now. Good afternoon, Sean. Hello, Beth. How are you doing? I'm great, thank you. How are you? Good, good. I'm just uh, ringing up, really, just to put, to put people's minds at rest about these... Um, People going around with these um, these leaflets down oh, yes. the egg by the end of today. Um, I've seen them in Kurt Michael, but I've managed. I, I didn't get a chance to stop because I was going to go and have a word on them a few weeks ago doing Kurt Michael. Um, just want to put people's minds at rest about the meat produced on the Isle of Man. It's way above what's expected in the rest of the UK because they have a, a certain um, criteria um, called Red Tractor. I don't know if you're aware of yes. it. Yes, the Red Tractor scheme. Um, you know, and, and the, um, the standards that farmers have to adhere to is un- unbelievable. You wouldn't believe the paperwork that the farmers and, and a lot of it's just tick box. And there's a lot of people in this red tractor um, company, as they are in the UK, and there's a lot of people employed by them just for tick box and exercises. But, you know, past that, you know, the Isle of Man has got the best welfare standards anywhere in the UK. I would, I would, you know, hold my head above a parapet and, and say that. Um, and I know, you know, I'm involved in the industry. I was just going so to ask people, that question, so, Sean. What's your involvement within the industry? Well, I've been involved in, in the farming industry for all my life. I'm uh, a part-time farmer, hobby farmer, which I hate the phrase. Um, and I drive livestock lorries. And the, we also have standards in the livestock lorries um, from Red Tractor. So, you know, when people see the lorries going past, they think, oh my gosh, those are all crammed in. Well, they're not. Um, but I just wanted, because it just makes me so cross when I, these people going around um, leafleting people's houses. People who haven't maybe got the same knowledge as us, you know, would be swayed by that, couldn't they? Um, and it's just, if I went around doorstepping houses with leaflets saying how wonderful Manx meat is, someone would soon complain, wouldn't they? But these people seem to be able to get away with it, don't they? Um, I think definitely need to go have a run down to Ballabeg there, the Defa department from St John's, that wonderful department who, who run in inverted commas, Manx agriculture. Um, they need to get themselves down to Balabeg and have a word in these people, really. Um, but, you know, I just want to put people's minds at rest and um, keep on buying Manx produce, vegetables, meat, everything, because we need we need people to buy Manx, and this is just another way of, another nail in the coffin of a, a pretty de- demoralised um, industry at the minute, really. Okay, Sean, really appreciate you taking the time to phone in. Thank you very much. And this is in response to to Anne, who actually found this leaflet quite distressing earlier. Yes. Yeah, well, that's right. People can find it. I've seen the leaflets myself and and it makes me um, blood boil seeing it because it's just... And if you had a phone number you could ring or a a Manx, you know, a a contact, you know, you could then, couldn't you? But it's it's one of these faceless sort of um, activists, really. And I have a sort of people in... you know, I just, I just makes me so cross, really. That you don't need this when already, we're, you know, the world is the Isle of Man. There's people starving on the Isle of Man because we've got these food banks which are busy and never. You don't need this rubbish. Uh, you know, we should be stopped from doing it like the cold callers, really. Um, but you know, I've, I've said enough. Um, 
I've listened to you this week. It's been great to have a fresh voice on the man in line. So uh, thank you very much. And oh, I'll, thank I'll leave you. you with that. Oh, that's brilliant, John. Thank you so much for taking the time to call us. All right, no problem. See Take you soon. Care. Bye. Uh, that was Sean just talking about the standards with regards to animal welfare and meat production over here in the Isle of Man. Uh, some of your texts and emails now. G says, clamping down on poor hospital parking, which has been the case for years, is to take media attention off failing services. A message from texter ending 901 saying, please, can you remind people to pick up their dog's mess when walking them through council estates? Contrary to some people's belief, we do have pride in our surroundings and we're sick of picking up or standing in it. Do not have a dog if you cannot pick up after it. Interestingly, we are going to have a piece talking about this sort of issue on breakfast on Monday morning because it's always one of those subjects, isn't it? Uh, Along with the I just, I don't know what it is when you go through a plantation or whatever and you see one of the little dog bags, which is great that people pick them up, but then hang them on a tree. I don't understand. Um, Good afternoon, says Terry. I read in today's national paper that the UK lost £15 billion on faulty PPE and it going out of date before use. I'd like to know how much did the Isle of Man lose on PPE being faulty or it going out of date? Not a question I can answer at the moment, Terry, but that's uh, interesting. Um, Hope scooters won't be on the prom, Strand Street or pavements. I was knocked down on the prom by a cyclist from behind. Two torn muscles. Are scooters going to be on cycle paths? Uh, What about the poor insects, says Des? Who's in their corner? Dave says, when looking at future developments and parking, people need to accept that private car ownership will plummet when self-driving cars become mainstream. Most cars spend most of their time parked up doing nothing. In the not-too-distant future, you will hire a vehicle as and when needed, says Dave, which will arrive to get you, take you where you want to go and drop you off. A fleet of self-driving and self-cleaning cars, that would be amazing, wouldn't it, that we all call on when needed would massively reduce the number of vehicles we need as an island and free up so much space currently used for car parking. And here's one from Lisa saying, similar to other stories, I have major mobility problems, cardiac issues, and I had an appointment last Friday. No disabled parking, no porter. My husband dropped me outside the front entrance of the hospital and I went to find a porter, none about. I couldn't possibly walk to the blood clinic on my own. My husband couldn't find a space and pulled in outside the main entrance when a gold car pulled out. He came in to make sure I was okay, found me and went back out to move the car. Disabled badge, clear to see. I couldn't possibly walk from the main car park. It's just not doable. So how do we attend appointments? I do have a scooter, says Lisa, which is fantastic, but heavy. So I tend to have to take one of my kids to lift it in or out. My world is very small. From my car, I can walk about 40 steps on a good day. The co-op in Crosby is great. I park outside and I'm able to grab a few bits. That's about as much as I can cope with alone. I don't know the answer, says Lisa, but I'm clearly not the only one who can't cope with walking from the car park and certainly not the overflow one at Noble's Hospital. Thank you very much indeed for taking the time to send us that, Lisa. 66 13 68 is the number to call if you'd like to have a chat on air about anything you like in the next half hour. When the man in line's not on air, call Manx Radio to leave your opinion for broadcast on 682 631. The Man in Line. Daily interaction, debate and exchange of ideas. Broadcast on Manx Radio. The Man in Line. Brought to you by NetZeroMatrix.com. 
the world's leading carbon register and validation ecosystem. It is 12.34. So lovely to have your company on the Men in Line this lunchtime. Now, just want to go to texter ending 488, who says, You proved me right, Beth. You won't read out anything negative about the jab or against the narrative. Under orders, it looks like. Yet you said yesterday you give an unbiased version of the news and give everyone the truth. Keep banging the drum. It's safe and effective when it's clearly not. They won't admit it, but they're not allowing under 50s to have the jab anymore. Clearly, this shows it's dangerous. Well, what I did say yesterday was that I would have a look at this issue. And from the information that I found, what's happening is, is people are being encouraged to come forward for a COVID booster before the offer ends next month. So they've advised that uh, this is the Joint Committee on Vaccination and Immunisation has advised that thanks to the success of the programme, the offer of an initial booster dose should end when the current autumn campaign ends, which will be on Sunday the 12th of February in the UK. They say anyone yet to come forward for their booster is being urged to do so and they have accepted that the JCVI advice uh, which recommends a booster offer for all 16 to 49 year olds who are not considered at risk should end at the same time as this autumn's campaign so that's the uh, official message that I found yesterday after reading that text message let's go back to the lines now and join Dewin good afternoon Dewin good afternoon Bethany how are you I'm okay thank you are you all right it's, I'm very good. I just thought it's your last day. I can't not give you a send-off. Okay, I'm a bit scared, but go on. No, you're not. I'm sure you're, you're good enough to handle it, aren't you? Um, no, I, it, that, that last one that you just read out, actually, it just beat me to my, uh, my lead-off, which was uh, obviously Manx Radio um, or the Man in Line as such. It, 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 uh, you always give out that, um, at that point at the start that it's uh, people's opinions and, and nothing to do with Manx Radio. So the, my lead question was actually why you didn't read that out yesterday um, of, about the vaccinations, etc., whatever was said in it. Well, I think to be fair, Jim, what I like to do is make sure that what I'm reading out is accurate. So uh, straight after the programme, it was why I looked into it. And, you know, we do have to be careful, don't we? We have to be as balanced as we possibly can be. And I can't do that if I haven't got all the information to hand. So that'll be the reason for that. All right. Yeah, that, that's that's totally fair. I'm, I'm all about being balanced in actual facts. I'm, 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 you know, I'm sure. And just going on the point yesterday, I think I mentioned the point about um, where um, radio stations get their information from, as in news. Um, and I think you get it from independent um, radio, um, independent news, don't you, which is um, part of the Reuters group, BBC um, which is Reuters Thompson. And, and just to the point that I was making yesterday and you were saying about um, how, how news can, uh, you know, only be given certain news to the people, just a little tiny link, just to a little strengthen my side a little bit, um, just a little bit of digging last night, and I came out with a, a name, just for an example here, of um, uh, James Smith. Um, not a manxman, but um, just... Uh, just the point of um, James Smith, who is um, a career journalist, works for Thompson Newspapers, which is which is Thompson Reuters Group, obviously. Um, but, you know, very high up in, in this. But uh, James also, when you start digging through, is also a director of Pfizer. Isn't that interesting as well? Um, serves on the local board of the World Economic Forum too. And when you start going down the little rabbit hole, um, it's amazing what these links come to, isn't it? And, you know, how these people are associated. And you can see how people may think that uh, somewhere down the line, you know, information is kind of maybe not given out when people have these roles. 
Well, I can assure you, Dewan, that there is nobody, to my knowledge, here at Manx Radio who is a director for Pfizer or anywhere else. But thank you very much. I'm going to leave it there only because we've got a, a lit up switchboard, which is lovely. And I want to make sure we get every caller in. So thank you very much indeed, Dewan. Uh, online too, we can join Nick now. Good afternoon, Nick. Uh, hello, Beth. Um, um, I just wanted to make, reassure you about the um, dog mud that you found in a tree. I, I don't know if I can reassure you, but um, I have a dog, and when we go out walking in the plantations or anything like that, if our dog defecates before the walk is over, we'll put it in a bag and uh, just put it to the side so nobody steps on it. It's be- so it's better than carrying a you know steaming bag of uh, muck with you. But on the way back, we pick it up and then dispose of it. And I think most of the dog walkers do that. I don't understand why anybody would have hung it on a tree like a bauble uh, unless somebody had seen it and thought, well, we're at least getting it off the ground. I, I, that doesn't, I don't understand that. But generally, we'll pick it up. Uh, most people will pick it up on the way back just because they don't want to carry it along with them, that's all. That makes absolute sense, Nick. I, I certainly wouldn't want to carry it along myself. Yeah. Um, would you say, from your point of view, there are enough bins around to, to get rid of dog muck when you're out not, and about? N- not anymore. For some reason, they took away lots of bins. On my walk near where I live in Ramsey, um, there's only two bins now. There used to be three, and they were quite spaced quite close together. So a lot of times, uh, like I walk my dog at half past six, he'll go right past like 20 metres past the last bin and decide to do his business. And I'm, I just think, oh, great, you know, think about, you know, I'll pick it up and then take it home and put it in our wheelie bin because I don't want to go all the way back to the bin uh, when I've got you know, stuff to do before I go to work. So I, I think they, they kind of like put in these nice big uh, plastic square bins, but they're just not quite as uh, uh, frequent. In, in, well, this is in the... Um, King's Reach or Clifton Drive area and Belay, uh, you know, Belay, uh, El- Elkist Way. But, um, yeah, so I don't think they're, I think they've removed quite a lot of the uh, the bins, more than they should have, really. Okay, Nick. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to get in touch with us. Really do appreciate that. And it's great to hear that you, as are the vast majority, are a responsible dog owner. But it does seem to be, as you can understand, there does seem to be a little bit of an issue, certainly on some of the, the streets around the island sometimes. Well, there are. There are, uh, like, some places. When I used to live in the south in Port Erin, and there was a lane up going up to St Mary's Road. And that used to be uh, a minefield. It was terrible, and it was... People just decided that was where they're going to go, and nobody picked it up. And Port Aaron, to be honest, was around, not just there, but quite a, quite a lot of places around Port Aaron. There was muck on the sidewalks, and I cannot believe, as a dog owner, why people just think if it's dark out or, what, or if nobody's about, they're just going to leave it and, uh, or, or set off without carrying a bag with them. It doesn't make any sense to me, and it really irritates me when I see that because it's, you know, some dogs take, you know, leave quite a big mess and it's it's awful like our pram when my kids were small we used to run over the run over it by accident and then bring the pram in and they'd be on the carpet you know it was awful yeah there is nothing worse than that is there thank you so so much nick really appreciate you taking the time okay. to call right. take care thank that was much. nick there
take care. Uh, talking about uh, dog mess and actually answering that question, which I had about sometimes why you see it sort of tied up and uh, put in a tree. So it makes sense uh, if that's what's happening. Gemma in Onken has messaged to say, now that M&Co are closing down, it's time to deconsecrate St. Thomas's Church and School and demolish them. Then start the demolition of Chester Street Car Park. When it's all cleared, the government should build an all-weather entertainment centre on the site from Church Road Marina to Well Road Hill with a car park on top accessible from Finch Road. The present car park was built in 1978 with Lipton's underneath. St Thomas's Church was built in 1849 for the tourists, says Gemma, not for the local people. Uh, just want to answer a question that was sent in by Jeffrey yesterday, asking if we'd been able to confirm if during the TT this year the mountain would be two-way with a 50 mile an hour speed limit. Well, I did ask that question, Jeffrey, and I have been told that planning is underway on the basis that the mountain road will be one way during TT 2023. So I hope that answers that question. Sue's been back in touch following on from her text yesterday about children's dental care. Apparently, Sue says, my daughter was also denied her right to free dental care during her recent pregnancy because she's been forced to use a private dentist due to lack of NHS places. This whole mess needs sorting out. I did mention Sue, and if you didn't get to listen to update yesterday from 5.30 with Paul Moran, uh, there was a piece on that about a report that's been looking at things like dental provision over here. So you can find that podcast at manxradio.com and have a listen that is a report that is going to be debated in Timwald. Charlie's been on about statins. Why are statins being introduced on such a wide scale, potentially to millions? Why all the heart problems in middle-aged men all of a sudden, says Charlie? Could there be a common link? Perhaps we all got took in many thanks and regards. Uh, just heard on the news that the HS2 has gone from £50 billion to an estimated £150 billion. I wasn't aware the Isle of Man government were involved. That was naughty, wasn't it? Interesting tribute in the Courier, says texter ending 023 for a gentleman who went to Dignitas in Switzerland. Just shows it is needed over here. Uh, I walk around St John's regularly, says texter ending treble zero and past the culture van in the centre. Just wondered how many work there and what they actually do. Hopefully some listeners will know. Mike says, sorry Anne was upset. This was about the uh, leaflet that Anne received through the door this morning. Sorry Anne was upset, but the animal cruelty at abattoirs and in transit really does need to be talked about more. Well, Mike, we had that uh, call in from Sean, who works in the industry, and there was some reassurance there. Um, How dare DEFER not consult somebody about scientific testing of seawater? that is another one about the scooters. I think I've already read that one there. Ramsey is served by uh, IRBCs at Balladool, but only makes the sewer 85% clean if it's working to parameters. The slick from the sewer, apologies if you are reading, is not tested. This doesn't really matter in Ramsey as the beaches aren't really used for bathing. In Laxian Peel, however, the situation is different, but apparently people are hellbent on installing the same system to these areas where they can simply pump away to iris pipeline connections. Um, Frank says, I would choose to starve rather than be a traffic warden. It mustn't be an easy job, must it? I mean, you do see sometimes some of the people getting abused for effectively doing their job and enforcing the rules. And we know that sometimes, you know, hands up, we've probably all done it sometimes where we've parked where we shouldn't do. 
Uh, Eric says perhaps the MUA and the chair should say why they are reluctant to connect onto the Iris line in Onken. Perhaps they could say the network in Douglas needs sorting out so South Douglas is pumped via Middle River Pipeline as per the original design, leaving the prom pumps for North Douglas and Onken. A bit of honesty, says Eric, would go a long way to restoring public confidence. Their members could have a sensible debate and help MUA get the work done sensibly and properly as originally designed. Ignoring the pipeline pump away option at every avenue is not helping gain trust with people who have some understanding of the situation. Um, Des says, we will have to change to electric cars. Lol. Oh, yes, we can't afford them. Um, and there's another one about uh, statins, but I think I've read that one. Regarding the Westmoreland Road development, it's parking not only for the new dwellings, but what about the doctors, surgery, dentists, podiatrists and other departments in the old Jane, not to mention parents collecting their children from school. That's from Jilly. Um, simple solution for the disabled parking permit have the photograph on the front of the permit also Regent Street disabled parking is half an hour I have walking difficulties and can't get to boots and back in time should there be any delays at the pharmacy that's from Pete not Mo Farah he says Um, as far as I understand it and we talked a little bit about this uh, the other day didn't we with uh, Ramsey you can get more time with your disabled badge but it is still expected that they are high turnover areas so people can park closer to bob into the town quickly rather than park further away and uh, have a little bit more time. Jeff says, put anything in my letterbox about meat and I'll still have my burger and onions and roast beef. Mm. At the same time, Jeff. The line is currently being built in Saudi Arabia and part of a vanity project for its ruler. I don't think we need to worry quite yet about being treated as battery hens. That's texter ending 475. And Dick Spin in touch to say regarding the very misleading statement in the article about blue badges, to say there are only two reasons why you can have a blue badge is very wrong. There's also a huge list of hidden disabilities which qualify you for a blue badge. Uh, This is wrong again. You can look perfectly well but be suffering from a condition which the public can't see. Someone reading these two points from Manx Care could, for example, look at someone with a blue badge who's got Parkinson's or who's maybe blind or partially sighted and think they're okay and challenge them or even like some do swear at them. I know, says Dick, because this happens to me on a regular basis. The statement doesn't say that your doctor or consultant can support you by detailing your condition and this is also what will help the department decide if you should receive a badge or not. But to just imply it's only if you can't walk 50 metres is very, very wrong. There is uh, more to that, and Manx Care told us that applicants need to fit one or two criteria, one of two criteria to qualify for a blue badge, so either unable to walk or have considerably difficulty walking due to a permanent or substantial difficulty or have a severe congenital disability in both arms and drive a vehicle regularly. The age bracket for a disabled badge is five years or over and parents and carers can apply on behalf of a child. But uh, that's a good point, isn't it? Some of the disabilities aren't visible to the eye so it's not up to somebody else to judge if somebody has a blue badge then they have gone through the process to get it and it's absolutely right that they have one uh, Peter Kelly, thank you so much for getting in touch. St Thomas's Church was not built for the visitors in 1849. Uh, 1849, yeah, there weren't many of them at that time. Douglas says Peter was expanding then with the layout of Derby Square and Windsor Park. There was also the town at its feet, Chester Street, Finch Road, Market Street, Edward Lane, Well Road Hill, etc. 
Enough with the Julian and Juan show, the irony of them complaining about global agendas when they both clearly have definite clear agendas themselves. It is not fair for them to be scaring impressionable people on a daily basis with stories such as we will only be able to eat locusts in the future and won't be able to travel anywhere. Uh, trawling the internet for stories is not research. That's according to Steve. But as I keep saying, Steve, this programme is about opinions. It's about people getting in touch and telling us what they think occasionally. That will need to be challenged, but uh, we do well Welcome opinions from absolutely everybody. Uh, regarding statins, just eat a handful of walnuts a day. It works. Um, I was working in a back lane in Douglas yesterday afternoon and this young couple walking their dog there, it did its business outside someone's house and they just left it and walked off. Absolutely disgusting, says Fred. Um, yeah, that's not great, is it? The government should put a disabled person in charge of parking, not some healthy mobile person, says Texter ending 831. Um, Des says, doesn't it worry you that somebody who's partially blind is driving? I think, obviously, you have to meet certain standards when you apply for a driving licence and sight is one of those things that's taken into consideration. So apologies if I read that in the wrong way. Um, some other texts about uh, disabled access and badges. As a driver for someone who uses a walker to park in Ramsey is a no-no as all the parking spaces the passenger gets out onto the road. This is madness as I have to open the car door fully to enable my mother to get out. I get drivers desperate to get past. Even for an able-bodied person to get out of the car on the road is not acceptable. That was from Hillary. Uh, Terry says, I can't even use the bus to go to hospital or GP appointments as there's nowhere to get off the bus on my return trip. A disabled driver says, Ramsey ShopRite, the number of cars parking in disabled bays is an absolute joke. There is complete disregard. Jan has texted to say people of any age can have a disability and unlike the gentleman complaining, not visible. So that goes back to what we were saying, Jan, isn't it? That uh, not everybody understands whatever condition or um, illness people are living with. If you can't see it straight away, that doesn't necessarily mean that it's not there. Terry says, not just the vintage railways that are difficult to use. I live at Balascari and I could board a bus going in a Douglas direction to attend hospital or GP appointments, but I can't because there's nowhere on the Peel bound side with a pavement and the bus stop has a sign on, not suitable for wheelchairs. Therefore, I cannot use the bus. Marie says, it's not only blue badges being used. Some family members are also using the disability cars. I think that goes back to the fact that um, sometimes people may be using badges which don't belong to them if they're from a family member. Melanie's been in touch with regard to parking at Noble's Hospital. I understand when arriving at the hospital car park to attend an appointment, but where can we park if it's full to overflowing? Either the roadside is full, no grown-up thought has been applied. That's, uh, I think, with regard to the fact that uh, some enforcement is taking place there now. Parking tickets. This is one from Kay. With regards to parking tickets being given out, I paid £3 to park this week and was given a ticket for parking incorrectly. I have a small car and was parked in the allocated space and according to another car parked in front of me, not happy that I feel that parking tickets are being given out like sweets. Oh, here's one from yesterday. This was about uh, consultation papers. And we had a message yesterday from someone who said, and I'm just going to remind you, I picked up some consultation forms from legislative buildings early on in the week. I collected them for elderly friends who couldn't get into Douglas. Unfortunately, there was no overview with the ones that I collected. I didn't notice this until the next day. It's a shame. It would have been a good idea to have the forms to collect from town halls for elderly people, especially at this time of year. Maybe this can be done for future consultations. Well, with regard 
regard to the overview, I contacted the clerk of Timwood's office about this on the assumption, I was making the assumption that this might have been the consultation about assisted dying, which closed a, a couple of days ago. Yes, Everyone picking up a paper copy, I was told, should have received the overview along with the consultation questions. And the person who responded to me say, I apologise if this was not the case and we'll look into what happened. A texter ending 380, I'm 60 years old. Is it OK if I park in the mother and child spot when I have my 90-year-old mother in the car? It's an interesting point, that, I suppose. Um, I don't know the answer to that one. Would it be okay? Uh, 166-177-studio-at-manxradio.com. Just a couple of minutes before the end of the show. Tesco should make all the disabled spaces and parent spaces available to either group, uh, which goes back to the text we just read out, actually. Sometimes you go to Tesco and the parent spaces are full and the disabled spaces only have a couple in use. So would that be an idea, making them dual purpose, those two? Would that solve some of the problems? Because you both need uh, extra room to get out of those spaces if you've got a somebody with a disability you need enough room to get out with a chair if you've got a a child who's in a pram it's good to be able to have the space there could that be a way forward um I think that is pretty much it for today's programme. Thank you so, so much for all your comments and your contributions as ever. It's all for today and indeed this week. Andy will be back on Monday. Uh, Thank you so much to Chris Quirk who has produced today's programme. And do remember that if you think of anything outside of Man and Line time that you'd like to talk about, um, you can get in touch with our Out of Hours number. It's 682631. So you leave a message on there and we can play it out on the show. If you prefer we didn't play it out, that's fine as well. Perhaps there's a question that you would like us to try and find the answer to, then please do get in touch and make use of that line. Coming up next, it is Chrissy Dehaven. She is here with One to Three. Uh, Whatever you are doing this weekend, I hope you have a great one. As I say, Andy will be back on Monday and very shortly today's programme will be available to listen back to as a podcast. You can find a whole range of podcasts at manxradio.com. Whatever you're doing for the rest of the afternoon, have a great one and I'll talk to you again soon.